What's up, my homie? Yo. What's up, man? I am doing great. I I tried something this morning that that we have talked about uh, on a podcast. This idea of um, you know, like when your kids wake up grumpy. I think it was Matt Heron who said that he did little stuffy wars. Yeah. I did I did a stuffy war this morning. I took I took some stuffies. They yeah. battled they battled it out. It was uh it was actually dog toys. It was the dog toy jujitsu battle royale this morning. Oh who oh oh it nice. Worked. It was did it work? It was uh Ducky versus Santa Claus. Santa oh, Claus stupid. Santa, Santa Claus, Claus crushed. crushed. Crushed yeah, Ducky. No question. Ducky got crushed. No <laughs> put a, doubt. Yeah. Put him in a triangle. It's good. It's good. It works. It works. Well, should try it. I think I think uh oh dude, I'm I'm all about the distraction for fun to get out of grubby grumpiness with the kids. But uh I, I think and that works strangely that works well with what we're about to talk about. Um, because I think it's a matter of perspective, right? When you shift perspectives is what we want to talk about today and looking at things differently. And so when you go into a grumpy room situation and you just you just try to be creative and look at things slightly differently, maybe from their perspective and how you can appeal to maybe something that they're interested in. Like for the last couple of days, Noah, it's funny. Noah's like, oh man, he's he's my little guy. It's it's a struggle to get him up and ready and all every single day. And you know, whatever. And Jake was like that for years. But uh Erica and and Noah have been playing Monopoly. And so I go in, I say, hey dude, if you get up early enough, like you can play you can go downstairs and play Monopoly with mommy. And he's really, I mean, he's seven and he's like, it, dude, it's, it's awesome watching him. Like he's collecting rent. He's taxing her bad. Like, <laughs> he's crushing her. Nice. And like, she's not letting him win. He's just crushing her. He bought a bunch of properties and he's just taxing her. And so seeing him like do the math and do the money in exchange is, is really cool. But also this morning I woke up upstairs. I'm like, Oh, like his light was on. Uh, he, he was completely dressed, mismatched clothes. Doesn't matter. And, and he was ready to go because he wanted to go down and play with mommy. So it, it's this idea of, of perspective changing. And I read something recently um, in that uh, in that Dad Tired book. We had Jared Lopes on, an awesome book. I love it. And I just keep revisiting different aspects of it. But this is something we talked about from a different perspective, and we'll, we'll touch on that. But he he talked about the idea of – he took a, some, some, some kids down to – uh, Haiti to do some mission stuff. And, and he, uh, he, he was noting that how with a slight perspective change, his bottom line was that nothing really significant about these boys changed in their lives, but they came to a realization that, that they didn't have to let their sins stop them from being, um, from being used by God. They could just be used by God and, in the midst of that, you know, his argument is potentially you will uh, stop some of the sins that kind of hold you captive just through the action and recognizing that you can be used by God, right? And so, specifically, I read this this uh, this line that he says, but he said, uh, uh, "I wonder if they also woke up." He's talking about the the guys in the scriptures, right? And he says, uh, "Of course, these these men in the scriptures uh, or these people in the scriptures continued to deal with sin and temptation." But I wonder if they also woke up every morning eager to see how God would move around them. 
I imagine we'd be more likely to avoid the sins that so easily entangle us, which is a reference to Hebrews 12.1, if we focused on the way God was using us in his redemptive story rather than focusing on avoiding temptation. And that really spoke to me because it was so powerful, the idea of changing your perspective. And I know for me, oftentimes I focus on the negative, right? Like I have this temptation, I felt of the sin, like I'm I'm bad, I'm terrible, I'm, you know, all these things. And and what that doesn't enable me to do is take the other view and and consider how did God create me? What are the gifts that he gave me? How can I live in those gifts to be a blessing to others while serving him? And those are two very different it it's you're it's not like they're mutually exclusive. I still am a man who faces temptations. I am a man who sins. I am a man who all that stuff is still real, but my focus is not on avoiding bad. My focus is on maximizing good and the blessings that God has blessed me with. And I think that slight shift in perspective and focus can really, really be life-giving. Yeah, dude. Um, it's it's really powerful. I love the just the the idea of joining God in the work that He created us all for, right? And and you know the the big, huge idea of work and what that is for us, right? But it doesn't necessarily have to be the work of like making money or providing. You know, we talk a lot about finding and figuring out your purpose, figuring out what God made you to be, what, what he created you for. And I think a lot of times um, men specifically have this idea of the purpose of our life is to like, it, it equates to making money in some form or fashion, right? To be the provider, to be the protector. But I don't think that's the case. You know, it could be just understanding who you are as a person and doing that deep inner work. You know, we've talked about that with, uh, with Dennis Gable. We've talked about it um, with quite a few other of our guests. But like figuring out who you are, um, and it could just be like being a really good friend, right? And just being being the man who like is the one who sends out the encouraging message on a text, does the thankful Thursdays regularly and makes that phone call and, and tells you know people that you're thankful for them, is the one that makes the invite, is the one you know I was thinking through like the, we had a, a good friend of ours from college. He's a Kinetic Man Mastermind member. He came into town uh, last week and reached out to us, and uh, we went over to David's house. We broke bread, cooked some burgers, uh, and sat out on on David your back porch and just had you know a fire sitting around the solo stove, and we just like dove in right. We just were vulnerable. We asked each other hard questions, uh, asked for advice, and maybe that's that's just it. Maybe that's who we are. Right. And instead of, like you said, thinking about all the the negative stuff and like, you know, how our business could be doing better, making more money, reaching more people, um, not at the place where we want it to be. Maybe it's just instead like, uh, whatever I said to this, you know, to our friend really had an impact him on him and it's changed the way he looks at the world. Right. Maybe that's the purpose. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, man. I, I, I think, I agree hundred percent. And I also think, you know, as you're talking, one of the things that hit me that I hadn't really considered, I don't know what you said that, that really prompted this thought, but it's also the idea of, um, uh, you're talking about being self-aware knowing your gifts and, and that enabling you to live a much more rich life. I think a lot of us also look at other people's gifts and we want those gifts. 
And, and that also distracts from us taking the time to recognize our gifts. And one of the things I was thinking about is, is uh, you know, I was listening to this podcast of um, Chad, I don't know how to say his last name, Robodeau, or however you say his name, um, you know, Force Recon Marine, he he was, uh, you know, he he spearheaded the effort to go back in Afghanistan, brought out another 17,000 people. He's always doing like this hardcore crazy stuff. And it was easy for me to listen to that podcast and be like, man, I want to be like that guy. Right. But then I was thinking about, you know, some of the stuff that we're doing, you know, the, the guys that I talk to and some of the meaningful conversations I have and, and, and who's to say that. Uh, some of the different perspectives and the lives that we've seen dudes, um, we've seen dudes' lives changed. How, what's to say that one gift is better than the other? One sounds like really cool. And and one is is very, um, it's very like hardcore gun home. We're military guys. So like to think about like force recon, ninja stuff and snake eater and, 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 and just crushing. It, it's very appealing. But I think the danger in that, that is we should celebrate that individual for their, his gifts. He's a Christian man, literally loves Jesus. I should celebrate and we look for how we can plug our gifts. If that's something we're passionate about, look how we can plug our gifts into a uh, continue to bless their efforts, but in our unique, special way, right? In our unique, special way that God blessed us because, and I love this. We, you know, we talk about this all the time, Rab- Rabbi Susha, I think his name is, but when he says, you know, God's not going to say, David, why are you not like Chad? Why are you not like Moses? Why are you not like so-and-so? Like, why are you not David? And I think about the little things too. Like even in my marriage the other day, I, I you know, I, I, I tend to think I, I like to think that I'm, I'm kind of funny and, and, and sometimes I withhold like jokes and laughter uh, for whatever, maybe my wife and I are fighting about something. And the other day I, I said something to her in the kitchen, we we're messing around and, and something popped in my mind and, and we both just started belly laughing. And I was like, man, that's really good for it. Like, that's just good for our relationship. It's good for us. It's good connection. It just is something that like, I could have withheld that, but, but that's, you know, God has blessed me in certain ways with maybe with certain words and and maybe to make certain jokes and to, things that pop in my head and, and, and do, you know, craft things a certain way. Not everybody's that way, right? Like some people are much more serious. Some people are much more, they, they have different gifts, but I think when we don't acknowledge these gifts and try to live in, in them, no matter how small you perceive them to be, or how big they are. You don't know that God blessed you to be who you are for a reason and to be a certain way for a reason. He didn't bless you to be like somebody else. He blessed you to be you because that can uniquely, that could be the book that you write, the podcast you release, the person you talk to, the text you send, the the relationships you cultivate, the prayers that you, that you, that you say, it could be any of those things. And if you don't do those things, then not only you, but somebody else is missing out in the blessing of you in what God created you to be. And so, you know, and I think a lot of times, not only wishing for somebody else's gifts or living in the, I wish I wouldn't have these temptations, living in those two places really detracts from what I think is the main point is the self-awareness of knowing who you are and further discovering who God created you to be and living in that to the max to benefit it, you know, it's a blessing to you because you feel fulfilled, but it's a, such a blessing to those around you because now you are being who you truly were created to be and who knows what impact that has except for God. Right. And so I think it's powerful to take time and it's also how, what sounds better to you, Stu, man, I want to live in the blessing of who God created me to be. I want to be the man that he created me to be, to have an impact on this planet to be, you know, that only that 
only can happen from God through me. I'm the conduit for this thing. Does that sound exciting? Or is it, man, I just really want to stop like, you know, looking at other women and and yelling at my kids. And, and, and I really want to just avoid this sin. That's so repressive. Like which one is exciting? I mean, it's, it's a no brainer. Yeah, for sure. One thing that, um, no, kind of last point that, uh, I think is important is, um, and I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's from, um, um, uh, from John Mark Comer. And he talks a lot about, you know, as parents, uh, especially as fathers, one of our primary duty duties is to, uh, allow our kids to know who they are, allow our kids to understand who God made them to be. And I think the, the more intentional we are with that and the earlier we can do that, the better off they're going to be. So not only are we working on ourselves and doing the inner work for ourselves to figure out who we are and how God made us to be, but sitting down with our children and doing that exact same thing and, and, and speaking into them and talking to them, uh, to, to tell them that they are a child of God, that they are loved by, by God, by Jesus, by us as, as their parents. And really figure out like where their blessings are and, and, you know, their character and their personalities and what could make them shine and like dive into that and really help them understand who they are as people, as individuals, because I think our kids are going to even be more challenged than we are with the way society is going with with technology and social media. Uh, And, you know, like there's going to be so much media and, and, you know, things and people and setting all these expectations and obligations that they need to know early on who they are so they can live in that. Yeah. And, and, and how do you effectively do that if you can't do that for yourself, right? The, a yeah. great place to practice that skill set is to look in the mirror and, and identify, you know, the things about you, the, the God given identity that you have, right? Because it's, it's, and I know for a lot of us, it's easier, it's easier to look external, but, but if all you do is focus on how to avoid certain things, then it's harder to speak into your kid's life, anything, but how to avoid certain things. It's harder to speak identity into others, especially if you don't, it's so much more powerful if you know who you are and, and, and what you're about and the identity. And, and that starts, you know, when you do that for yourself and you give that to your kids, you're almost giving them a head start, right? Well, my dad told me forever, like I'm a, he just appreciates that I'm such a hard worker. He saw that in me. That's part of the identity that, that, that he spoke because he observed it. Well, now my kids don't necessarily have to do the work to, to like, I've identified that for them and they can live into that. They can lean into that, which I think is more powerful than just being like, Hey, uh, you know, the, this book we read, um, uh, a dad tired. He talks a lot about, we don't want to create moral kids. We want to create kids who are in love with Jesus. And and his point was, you don't want to like give the checklist. These are the things you do that. These are the rights. These are the wrongs. Do this. Don't do that. Like you don't want to create kids who, um, you know, have all the Bible verses and the prayers memorized and, and, and they're moral, but they don't love Jesus. They don't, they don't live in their identity. They don't live in the power of who they are. They just are living by a checklist. And so there's a lot of power in that, ton of power in that. So I love it, dude. Hey, what's the action love step it. out of this? The action step. So, I mean, the, you know, to for at risk of being too um, ethereal, 
you know, there, there is, there is this idea of just giving yourself time. Now I will say this is a very practical thing that has been uh, transformative for me, both in my quiet time and my time with others. No joke. This is, this is a, it, 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 I have found it. And this is something that I've advised my, my, my coaching clients on to do it. And it is like, like the most challenge. It's crazy how it's like one of the most challenging things. Turn your phone up. Don't silence your phone. Don't put it in the other room. Don't do that. No, turn it off. Like physically hit the power button and make it power down. And a couple things that you're going to do. Right. But here's a couple things you do. Acknowledge this is going to happen. Acknowledge the feeling of loss and anxiety that you have when you do that. Acknowledge it. It's going to be there. Just, just be anticipate it. Acknowledge it. You know, be like, yep, this is how I feel. Fight through that. Put it, put it away and give yourself no less than one hour a day of doing that. So in your morning routine, and what I've, what I've started to do is turn it off at night before I go to bed. Like my phone, if you still have your phone in your room, like you're wrong, right? Unless you are somebody who has to be woken up, has to have the, the, the availability has to be there to wake you up in the middle of the night to go save a life or to do something critical, not, not to freaking fix a leaky pipe or whatever, like no kidding, your attention to something will, will change the outcome of somebody's life. Keep the phone in your room. If that's you, 99% of us, that's not us. The other 99% of us, like seriously, if your phone is in your room, like you're, you're wrong. That that is a, a high level of addiction that you need to address. But I turn it off at night and I, don't turn it on again until I'm done with my morning, the morning routine that I have designated. That's important to me. That's a priority to me, right? Whatever that is for you, reading some calisthenics, whatever that is for you. And if you have no morning routine, I encourage you. That's a very practical step to make a morning routine, something that gets your morning off on the right foot. And once you get through that, turn it on. And then at, again, at some designated point in the day, turn it off to spend time with the, the, or to do whatever is the priority for you, whether that's alone time to just dig in, give yourself, you know, start with 10 minutes, 10 minutes, if you have to do it, 10 minutes. But if it's with your kids and your wife, if you've got, you know, kids, wife, husband, whatever, if you've got those in your life, no kidding, give yourself an hour just to turn it off, put it away, let them know you're turning it off. And again, this is relatively new for me. I used to silent, go plug it in. You still go check it, dude. Be honest with yourself and stop lying to yourself. You still go check it. Yep. You still go check it. Turn the junk off. And if you want to check it, you have to go through the whole cycle of it doing its startup sequence and it's pain in the butt and you don't want to do that. Turn it off, set it aside and give your time to yourself. Give your time to those that are a priority in your life. Like that I think is a huge step. And also when you're taking note of the feeling, when you turn it off, like acknowledge that that's also why is that so powerful for you? That should indicate how much of a problem this is for you or not, right? Like it's time to just be honest, like quit sugarcoating this junk. Be honest with yourself. I am addicted. This cell phone has top priority in my life. I need to do something about it. Be honest with yourself, right? And then just fight through it, dude. It's it's easy. And the problem is you're going to start liking it a lot and you may not ever want to turn it back on. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff, man. Take action. Be uncommon, be different, be better. Be uncomfortable, enjoy it. Discomfort so, becomes comfort. Change, <laughs> write it down. 
Love I'm just you. Gonna, just gonna throw out more. I'm just liners. throwing words out now. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. See. You.